Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Watch Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we are on today. I'm so pleased to bring all of you somebody very special. He's Jimmy Thomas, founder and CEO of RNC, RN Convention Director, Speaker, and Mr. Casanova Judge. He's recognized by thousands in the romance novel industry, not only for being on over 5,000 romance novel covers, more coverage than anyone in history, but because Jimmy Thomas has helped open doors, increased author book sales, gained new clients from various fields, and educated many authors and artists and cover artists. He has done this through his presentations at events around the country, to writing a monthly column in the Romance Novel Writing uh, Review magazine. And we have him on the air. Hello. Jimmy, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. And you live in California, right? Yes, Los Angeles. That's that's terrific. Hey, the weather's always good in this area. Weather's great here. I love it here. <laughs> how long have you been in California? been here since 2000. I moved to 2001, then I moved to Europe for a couple of years from 2003 to 2005, and then I've been back here since then. Yeah, I, I thought that you were in New York for a little while. Then you had uh, worked on some kind of a business venture there? I was in New York, in Europe. I was living in uh, in Barcelona and in, in Holland for a couple of years. That's awesome. Hey, I've got to just let everybody know, you know, you can call in. Uh, let me have them for a few minutes and get over some you know, pertinent information that we can give you guys and if, juicy stuff you have maybe not know. And uh, and we'll unleash the telephone lines to 714-242-5145. I already have some guests already listening, so I can see you guys listening in the dark. So, Jimmy, since it's been a while, and we I've been wanting to talk to you. Uh, I think that I've been watching you for some time. And I find that you're a very savvy businessman. Thank you. You're, you're not only, obviously, you know, really good model, uh, and you're a gorgeous man. <laughs> i just come out and say it. But you also have a really great head on your shoulders for business. Um, Thank you. What, got you. what got you started in, in modeling, per se? The modeling really just kind of a kind of a win thing. I had enough people telling me that I should get into it. So uh, 
to make a long story long, I just ended up, so I had my sister when I had some pictures taken when she got into acting and was doing some modeling. And her pictures came really great, and I kept telling her how great they were, and she said that I should do it. I'm like, I'm not a model-type person. So I also kept saying the same thing, so I went ahead and pictures taken, and a bunch of agencies snatched me up, started booking a lot of fitness work for me, so I did a lot of fitness magazine stuff, you know, uh, commercial prints and retail advertising stuff. And just kept going from there. But I always still kept all my other career that I would do, I would still do other stuff. It wouldn't just, I'm going that one direction and that's it and see what happens. It's more like everything I do is kind of on the side. Uh-huh. I can't just stick to one thing my whole life and just stay that one career as so I keep doing other avenues of stuff and stuff that I like to do. Well, that's, you know, that's really what makes life worth living is, is doing something you really love to do. Right. I could change yeah. it up and. I think other things that interest me, so I don't, I can't say to one thing. And if I get bored with it, I'm not just going to stay with it because I've been doing it. But you have other people who are fine staying with their one thing and they're happy with it. But I'm just the kind of person that can't just do one thing. So usually after like a couple of years, to me, I've accomplished it as far as I I want to go with it, and then I go off to something else. It's not like I stop doing it and go to something else. I just have other interests that come into my into my life that I just start going on to, and then I start doing that more and the other one less. I was noticing that creative people, uh, in, in general, I, I was thinking about this the other day, as I'm at the stage where I'm also in a changing mood, you know, starting to reinvent myself again. And you think about every three or five years, you start looking at what you're doing and, and either tweak it or, or you know, <laughs> break it down as a what's working, what's not working, and 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 then start reinventing yourself. And I think that creative people tend to do that. Right, yeah, neither of the creative people, which you have, you have plenty of people who, who aren't, those just thoughts don't come to mind, so they're, you know, it's not like they're upset that they're not, everyone's, everyone's different, and those are fine being with, a, say, like they're a doctor their whole life or something in the career of their whole life, and they're happy with it, but the more creative people, their constantly, minds are going, they're constantly thinking of different things, so yeah. they can't stay on one particular area. So me and my mind is constantly thinking of different stuff and other things that interest me and that I want to do and I want to get into and I want to try out. But what would I do if I just stayed doing one thing? That's, that, that is so true. That is so true. I mean, it, it, it makes your life a little more whole, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trying so many different things. And let's just talk about the different things that you've gotten into. Uh, you've gotten into the business where you were in fitness. Uh, you have been in, in the modeling and uh You've kind of taken that to a whole new level, and yes. that you are you know, actually setting uh, setting up the, the shots and, and calling the shots, so to speak. Correct. Instead of just being the model on it, where typically the model is, is contacted and booked on a job, and they just show up and do what they're asked to do for the total particular theme it is, and go ahead and hit the pose and hit the expressions, and then they leave. So me, I've I'm producer, the director, the stylist, the the wardrobe, everything. I, I control the whole shoot because I know what I'm wanting to have shot. I know what look I'm I'm desiring and what I want to put together. So I get the female models. I have my photographer and I have the setting for it and the studio for it. So I set up the entire shoot of what we're going to wear, the the look we're going to do, the start of the poses, the initial pose, and then we go into just various poses from there. And then after the whole day of shooting, I go through all the images and I select the one, the best ones from each set. And I 
pick about five to twenty from each set and clean them all up and put them on the website for sale. Did you set out when you were doing that uh, and getting your website started that you had planned on being on the most covers? That that was that your goal? No, and initially I had gone to a convention back in 2002 where I was just a cover model contestant, but I had already modeled for a long time before then. But I already, when I was modeling, I wasn't just doing fitness stuff. I was already doing a lot of romantic, sensual, and erotica-type images. So I needed images for my own modeling portfolio, and I didn't want to pay photographers. And we were trying to find ways, you know, no one wants to pay if they don't have to. But photographers don't want to shoot male models for free. They'll usually shoot hot girls for free. So I would contact photographers and I would say, hey, I got some hot girl who wants to do some couple stuff with me, and then we can do some solo stuff too, which show him to the girl, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'd contact the girl and say, hey, I got a great photographer who wants to shoot us doing couple stuff, and then some solo stuff too. And she's like, yeah, yeah, stuff's great. So I would, every photo shoot I would do, I'd get solo stuff that I would need for my own, own book, and I would have a lot of couple stuff as well. So I always had a, a plethora already set up of the couple stuff, but it wasn't planning on doing anything with it. It was just basically used to show the modeling ability. So then after I got into the romance novel industry, and when I went to the, by going to the convention and contacting authors to, you know, say, I'd like to do on your cover, and they say, we don't go to models, we use, you know, our publishers handle it, or we go through agencies, I contact the publishers, and they're like, you know, we don't go directly to models, we go through agencies, or, or stock websites. So I'm like, you know what, I got enough images of my own to make a stock website, so I contacted all the models and photographers that I shot with and told them what I was planning on doing. They already knew I was a go-getter and an entrepreneur type that I could make it happen. So they all agreed, signed my contract, and I started making my site with all the stuff that I already had, which are the same type of images that I've been shooting, but just not historical genres, the different ones besides contemporary, really what I was shooting. Uh-huh. But then I started setting up my own shoes to have everything else that was needed, all the contemporary and different uh, wardrobes and stuff as well. Yeah, you have a, a very wide array of, of uh, shots in there, and I go in there every once in a while to find something new. Um, and and I get on this wish list <laughs> where where it's like you know I start coming up with ideas of story based on on one of your shots. Uh, yeah, I've heard that a lot from authors where instead of just trying to find a shot that goes with the thought they're thinking of, they'll see an image that. They haven't even thought of an image being like that, and they're like, wow, I have a story right behind that. So they end up writing a book from an image they've seen. Yeah, that that's, that's sometimes happens where it, you just get cre- you're creative again on creative type. And I look mm-hmm. at a shot going, oh, I can see a whole story here. You know? Yeah. And, I really uh, like to shoot okay. images that are needed for the industry, that are being called for. I can kind of just shoot anything, one that is creative and really cool. And then a book will be made from it. Because a lot of times I'll end up seeing a cover online. I'll be like, oh, that's a really cool shot. I haven't seen anything like that before. And, and that could have been where it was it was called for. It was, it was a custom shoot for that cover. Or it could have just been some random shot that was taken by a photographer on a stock website and then used. So it's the same thing. So you come up with something really cool, you shoot it, someone will make a story about it. Well, how I found out, found out about you was you were on one of the covers of of uh, one of my favorite authors, and I didn't even know it was you. It, you just have that look. I mean, it's just very. You can be in twenty different shots and look like a completely different man. Right, and from I, different hair lengths, different age, it looks like, yeah. and different 
sides yeah. of me where I'm really working out hard at the times where I'm too busy, I can't get in the gym as much. So there's a lot of different versatility. I mean, just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's the hair, you know, whether it's tossled. I mean, you, uh, it, it's just it's like, well, yeah, Jamie? I didn't know that was Jamie. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it's, it's really uh, – do you find that there are any other models out there who have that ability to be able to be a, a chameleon like you? No, because the thing is, the majority of the models, especially the ones who are who are trying to do this as well, they all want to just have today's style haircut of just short and spiky mm-hmm. in the middle. So yeah. it's like you can't do a variety with that. It's very limited what you can do. You can do contemporaries. I mean, you can do some some of historical with your shaved head, which is more or less we don't even know if they really that many were shaved heads, but they show it on you know the Tudor and other other shows just to you know make it a little more more edgy looking, but you can't have every every historical shot with you ever shaved head. Because back then, you're not going to shave your head every day, just like you see in movies where they have a clean face, shaved, shaved face every day, like, like the Vikings. Why would right. they shave their face every day? It's like not no, realistic. they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, so just having the variety of different look to be able to let your hair grow long to do a lot of shots, and then you can cut it, and then go back and do it again, or just changing up your look. And I don't think many people are willing to do that, or they think it's not that big of an industry to get into enough work to be able to do because they're not they're not in it where I'm in it so they can just see it as like I doubt I can really go anywhere with this because they don't really know until they've done it right well obviously somebody was able to do that and that was you yep. uh, have you ever considered uh, doing a little little bit different change which would be I think one thing somebody said to me once because uh, I was considering you for uh, for a cover for somebody else, and he said, "Well, he doesn't have blue eyes. Well, we can fix that, but it, it would be easier if he already had blue eyes, obviously." Yeah, <laughs> I had I've, I've had blue contacts before, and a, a couple times, and I put them in. For some reason, I think my I think each eye is a different shape because every time I wear them, one of my eyes it just rolls over where I can't see and it's blurry, and Ow. it just doesn't sit where it's supposed to. So I think one of my eyes just maybe has a slight different shape. So I have to get like professional prescribed ones where it's, where it's shaped and measured to my eye and then get a certain blue. But yeah, I've already thought about doing that, you know, to put on blue contacts and shoot with that. I've never heard anybody saying that it's hard for them to give me blue eyes. I mean, cover hours have no problem doing it whatsoever. I've never heard anybody say it was hard to do. No, it's it's not as, as hard to do. I mean, you can do it, and that's why I asked them. So, well, yeah, we can go ahead and change this color. It's right. just easier if it's obviously I don't have to go through the hassle of having to do it. Uh, if they're not paying me enough to do it, I'm not going to well, offer well, to do it too much. <laughs> well, well, things with that, though, it's really, it's the hit or miss. That means I have to do every single genre, every single same pose, the blue eyes and then green eyes, because which, or if I do blue eyes with historical, oh, but I'm writing contemporary. Or I do blue eyes with contemporary, oh, but, but I'm writing steampunk. Yeah, oh, I, I do, agree. It's like I have to do blue eyes with every single one. So instead, if I, if I have blue eyes every single one, you can say, well, I need, I need brown eyes. So don't wear your contacts for every single shot. So it's really, it's just going to be, I have to do with every single one I've already done, or you just change it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and that that's, that's definitely true. Then every there'd always be somebody who say, "Well, yeah, but I wanted blue blue eyes in this particular shot." I agree with you. And you had too many shots. There's no way to go back and do anything like that. I right. was just asking that kind of question. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the questions somebody wanted me to ask you about changing eye color. Um, so, uh, when did you know you wanted to be, uh, in it, wanted to get into modeling? What age group were you? 
Um, it was like 15 years ago. Right, yeah. Like I said, I wasn't planning on getting into it. It's just people just said you should, you should, you should. I'm like, all right, well, try it. It's not like I want to be a model. I've always seen myself as not the model type. Even now, I don't see myself as the model type. It's just I just know how to, I know how to express and pose and and make the images right. But I still don't see myself as a model. I just see myself as something, who, somebody who can, who can. I don't know, morph myself into what's needed for a image to, to look right. Okay. Kind of like in stride, I guess. So if you didn't want to be a model, is there something else you wanted to be when you were younger? I, mean, I, never, I was never like, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a firefighter. I was never one of those, this is what I want to be when I grew up. So as I have different different interests and different uh, things that I get involved in that I want to be. I'm a martial arts, I've always wanted to do, but it's not, it wasn't a job. When I got into that and started teaching, it still wasn't, I want to do this the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing where I've always wanted to have one career to do. I always just did what I enjoyed doing and pursued that one after it. So you're in the moment kind of person. Yeah, exactly. But but I'm only doing the stuff that I really want to do. If I don't have interest in it, I'm not going to pursue it. A lot of people say, oh, you should do this, you should do this. Well, I don't want it, but you'd be good at it. Well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but to them, you know, you, you, you like sex, right? You should do porn. Uh, but you'd be good at it. <laughs> well, well, I don't I want to do it. <laughs> right. Right. Everyone tells me I should get into acting and do movies. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be an actor. There's so much that goes involved in it. I have to go acting classes nonstop, audition to audition. It's like I'm, I don't have that desire. I'm not that diehard actor where I really want to be an actor, and you're spending like a decade trying to be that great actor. I don't want to be an actor. If I end up getting cast from, from the parts because of my recognition as, as the cover model, and they say, hey, let's use him as a cameo in this, or use him in this, like they, they put Fabio in America's Next Top Model to, to pose with the girls so the girls could, you know, to see how they work with a celebrity and see how they work with a male. So if they want to put me in something like that, if it's soap opera or something, and I'll go that route, and they want me to do some more, then I'll continue with it, and if I like it, but I'm not going to go after being an actor because I don't have the desire for it. I mean, I would really like to get into into, into directing, you know, producing, not really directing, more producing movies. Mm-hmm. It's just like what I do now is I'm directing a still movie. So everything I'm doing is still directing right. and producing. But I don't want to be the right there saying everything. I'm, I'm more of, I'm not as much as the creative of, like, for example, graphic art. Like, I would not be able to create a great cover. Or, or, or do a painting or something. But if you were to, if you were to do it and then show it to me, I, I would show you what would make that better. I would instantly see Good. the thing that, that that would improve it. But I can't come up with the initial something. But but I'm like the one who then. So I would want a director to go ahead and shoot the scenes, and, and then I, after the day, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well this we should be this, or or during the during the shooting, I would look at it quickly and say, okay, you need to redo this because this should have been here or there, should have been closer, should have zoomed in from here instead. So I just don't have the idea to front, but then I'll give you the ideas to make it better after. Hmm. So not really project leader, but you're definitely the creative force at the end. So that's, that's interesting. It, mm-hmm. it kind of depends what it is, because when I work on my own stuff, it's like I'm the only one doing it. All my R&C businesses are completely me. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm the leader of all of them, but I'm completely fine with someone else taking the reins on something. Like if I was on a on a reality show, you know, it's like a group of people, and I wouldn't be the one jumping up and say, I want to be in charge. I want to be be the leader. I'm completely fine with somebody else being the leader because then I can watch everything and see what's going on and 
and analyze it all and critique it and make sure everything's going right. A better idea that'll help them stay. But I don't need to be the one in charge. Say this is how we should do it. Hmm. Well, that makes you a good team. Uh, good part of a team. Are you part of a team now? Is you getting help with uh, a lot of your uh, website? You know, because uh, that's a lot of work. I'm for the most part I'm doing it all of it myself. Everything with all my RNC, it's completely been everything. Everyone thinks that okay, when they email me, they're asking for you know the RNC support, the RNC team. It's like everything is just me. I get all the emails, I respond to all the emails, I upload everything. I everything that's needed to be done and answered is completely me. So there's no support team, there's no tech team, there's no staff. There's no assistant. Wow. It's just me. <laughs> That's a lot of work, Jimmy. Yeah. Well, everyone said that, that I should get an assistant, but it's really, they would have to think just like me because the stuff that I would need them to do is not laborious work like count these or stack these. It's, everything's creative. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out what do I want to use for, for this particular thing, which means I get a, you know, from my idea of what I want for the creativeness of it, that's a come up with my idea. I keep, like, think of something and use it then it's going to be their creative idea for whatever it is, and it's, it's not what I'm thinking. So I don't have anything uh. that that somebody could assist me on, unless they're sitting right next to me, and I have some laborious thing that could take five minutes. I could just have them do it right there. But no one can do it from a distance, or it's not like a nine-to-five job. They could just sit there and knock stuff out for me. I see. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, it's taking longer to explain it to them. Yeah. It would be long to explain it to them of what I wanted than it would be for me to do it myself. Yeah, I get that way too. It's like it's like if I have to explain it to you, I might as well just do it. Right. Yeah, I understand. I understand. That's what I'm trying to get my website to be more completely self-automated. And it's uh-huh. like you know, as as you're going when you have your business, as you're going on and on, you start realizing, okay, well, from the beginning it would have been nice if I did this, but I didn't think about this in the beginning. Now I'm, I didn't know it until I started doing it and realized, wow, this would be nice if it was automated. So so many yeah. things now I need to redo, so it's all automated. So I'm not doing these little things that I don't need to be doing. Right. So that way, you know, once you put it up, you've already touched it up. You've already done what you need to do with it. Right. And then you leave it to those. Uh, I did notice you have a lot more cover art that is uh, has you know the type that's ready to go. Right. Well, that's a good example of something that needs to be automated. And I'm I'm now redoing on my website and, and the pre-made coverage. Is one of the more one of the things not really automated, but a step to take me away from it. Because right now, when someone buys a pre-made cover, of course it goes to me, and then I I, I take the information they send to me, and I send it to the cover artist that designed that particular pre-made cover, and then the cover artist puts the information on, sends it back to me, and then I send it back back to the the author or whoever bought it. So I need to now step away from that that man. On the website, they would now enter in when they purchase it. They have to then enter the book title, the author's name, any blurb, whatever they want, and it, it goes directly to that cover artist who made that book, and, and then a copy of it goes to me so I can put in the records for for, for uh, logging the data for it. And then, then the cover artist would send it to... So one thing I, I, uh, one thing I didn't like about them sending it directly to them is because it's nice to have another eye look at it because sometimes mm-hmm. they'll forget something. But if they do, the author can just say, oh, wait, you misspelled this, or sometimes they'll like misspell something or forget to put... Uh, the blurb on or something, but it's very rare that happens. But that, I mean, they can often just say, oh, you forgot this. But it just takes a lot of time for me not to have to 
take the information, send it to the cover artist, get it back from the cover artist, and then send it to the, the author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a lot of things like that that just I need to step out and have it more automated so I don't have to do that stuff. That's good. That way you can focus on some of the things. I know that your new thing that you're into is your romance convention. Yes. A lot of times I've been to the convention. Yes, I know. A lot of times. <laughs> well, there's so many, so many, many things to it. Kind of just reminds me of, of someone I know who was talking about they wanted to probably open up a restaurant. We were, we we're out eating somewhere. And I was, and they've never had it. But I think, well, you know, there's a lot that goes into restaurants. Not just you get a place and you decide what you want exactly. to eat and you find some cooks. It's like, because we're sitting at the table. And it's like, look at these salt shakers. You go find the kind of company that has salt shakers, and which one do you want? You look through all the different kinds of these, these little bottles. Do you want the large ones, small ones? Do you want them plastic? Do you want them glass? So look, look at the napkin holder. Do you want it wood? Do you want it, you get to pick every little thing that's in the whole restaurant. The way the benches are, the upholstery on the bench. So there's so much more than just, you know, some, some food, what you want on your menu, and it's going to be done for you. So the same yeah. as I mentioned, there's so many little things that you don't really think about unless you really sat down and and made a list and just think to yourself, what else would I need to do? And you're like, well, wait a minute, yeah, there's those, there's those, there's that, there's, and there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of little things that need to be ordered, decided on, creative, thought of. So it just takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have recently been a chair for a fan convention this this year. Mm. Uh, last year I did programming. So, it's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's so many little things and, and it's, you have to decide on and put in place, especially if you're, if you're doing programming on top of it. So, right. uh, and, of course, dealing with the people that you're putting in place for that. Right. If I was just doing that, it wouldn't be as bad. But then on top of that, where, I'm, where I have my, my cover site, biggest part of it is not as much the images putting up, but doing my custom shoots. And I have a lot of custom shoots that I'm doing all the time. And setting those up takes a lot of time because I put the castings out for the female models, and that's one of the hardest part because so many female models, it's not like it's not like New York and with elite and Ford models. It's there's smaller agencies where it's website website modeling sites. They're not even agencies. And a lot of these girls on there aren't professional. They have a nine to five jobs, so they just go on every now and then to see if there's, if they got a message. So when I'm saying, you know, I'm you know showing them the casting that I put up that they'd, they'd be good for, or they're going on the casting and submitting to it. It'll go back on the website for a few weeks or a month. When I'm like, I need them next week or I need them tomorrow or something, and then I respond. So it's really hard for me to just get these girls to commit, respond, to then get a girl that I need for the shoot, and then scheduling it between between the model, the photographer, and myself, and then getting any wardrobe and stuff that's needed. So doing those custom shoots takes a lot of time, and that's on top of doing the convention stuff as well as any other of emails and questions and on Facebook and all the other stuff that's involved with just keeping up on my branding and with the fans and talking to everybody. I can't just, you know, be hush and just do my business and that's it. So responding to all these emails is, a, is like a, literally takes half the day. Yeah. Just, once I first get up and I get on the computer, mm-hmm. I can't get any work done, like actually start working on something for the convention for about half the day. Half a day is responding to emails and answering questions and solving problems and something else that I forgot to do or I still have to do this. I got to look this up, research on this still. Then about halfway through the day, I can now start getting something. And as I start working, I'm getting more emails and more things to do. And something reminds me I got to do this. I got to do that still. It's hard for me to yeah. just sit there like nine to five and just do some work on the convention. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's part of having business. Mm-hmm. When you're in business, you have so many little things. So just like a you know convention, you have so many hundreds of things you need to deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. Business is is that way. You have so many things to do. Uh, and you well, know, I enjoy it though. I mean, I love doing it. I wouldn't do it if yeah. I didn't enjoy it. So I love being busy. Yeah. Yeah. And well, at least you get you get you to talk to people. Right. Yeah. I know. Is 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 you're not. Uh, you know, I mean, when you're doing email, it's it's virtual. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much social media do you do? Um, a lot. I mean, I respond to everything. I don't have anybody answer my emails or, or post anything for me except for Shannon who runs my fan page. But she posts that you know shows that it's her posting. It's not like she's pretending to be me or anything. So uh, I try to get on as much as I can to promote stuff. But I have every, a lot of my friends and, and, and fans are promoting for me because they they're they're liking the whole concept of what I'm doing because they know I'm helping all of them. So mm-hmm. it's like they're helping me help them and everybody else. I mean, they're all seeing it as like one big family, and it's like scratch your back, scratch yours. So everyone's helping each other. And by just posting, them posting about the convention, it's not mm-hmm. just helping meeting people there, but then it's getting people there so when they go, there's more people for them to meet and the whole atmosphere being more people. So everyone just kept quiet. It's just me doing it. It wouldn't be as many people to find out about it. When they're telling me. So it's helping them to have a better time by telling more people to go. Definitely. I know that I met uh, a bunch of ladies, over 100 ladies, uh, this last weekend. And uh, a lot of them were talking about your convention. So I'm just, that's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> they're looking forward to it. It's going to be, a, it's going to be really a lot, a lot of fun. It's not just a class, but it's going to be, I'm going to have a lot of entertainment because it's in Vegas. So it's going to be okay. Vegas style. It's going to be you know celebrity impersonators, and I'm going to have a lot of a lot of entertainment is going to be going on during all the events. It's going to be it's not just like the award ceremony. It's not going to be a typical award ceremony. Where you're just sitting there and they're talking about this next office coming up and what she's done, and she and it's going to be slow and just you're waiting for some excitement. It's going to be like fun and entertaining throughout. It's going to be little intermissions every like you know 15 half an hour of just entertainment. So it's not going to be a boring award ceremony. It's going to be probably one of the highlights of the, of the convention. So each of the things are going to have something in it where you're just going to be like, wow, I've never expected this. I've never seen this at a Roman Sama convention. So it's going wow. to be over the top. Yeah, that's that's a lot to organize. That's, that sounds like mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, this is going to be the first time you've done it in Vegas? Yes. Well, it's going to be the first time I've, I've done it at all. I mean, I've been uh-huh. to so many conventions since I started in 2002 going to them, and I just see what they really need to do. Just like I said, when I, when I see something, you show me something, I'll tell you what will make it better. So I go to conventions, I'm like, man, they need to do this. They should, why aren't they doing this? Why did they do that? Why is that so short? Why do you have to go all the way over there for this? So I see mm-hmm. what is being done wrong or what could be, could be done to make it better. Not really what's been done wrong, but what will make it better. Right. So I see all these things, I'm like, all right, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> you already have it to be what it should be. And you've got a, a you know, obviously you've got one of the male models coming. Um, Mike. Mike. Oh, Michael Hearn. Yeah, yeah he, he did coverage years ago, and he, he's just he's a he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, if you read his bio, that's on my site. He's done a lot in movies and commercials and 
um, in the bodybuilding industry and in the fitness modeling industry. I mean, he actually retired the the, the fitness model of the year uh, name because he won seven years in a row. And they're like, okay, well, this is kind of pointless. <laughs> he won this every single year. Mm-hmm. So they, they basically <laughs> stopped doing it. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be there. And then my, my Casanovas, I mean, I still have all the other guys that, to fill up the whole 10. I just need to make sure everything's confirmed before I, I put them on the, on the pages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely. Definitely, yes. I'm, I'm scrolling down on your website, and looks like he's, he's got a action figure. Yep. He's, he's uh, one, of the, one of the gladiators on the, on the TV show Gladiators, so he's got an action figure from that. Wow. So that's why, compared to other other conventions where they they really don't have models, professional models that are there. They're just, I mean, you get a couple that might do some modeling, but otherwise they're just guys off the street or authors, nephews, or something, and not professional models that have a reason to come back. So these, these conventions want these guys to come back every year to like mingle with the authors, but they're like, why? I, I you know I work at a bank. I, I do this, I do that. I don't model. You just asked me to come here this year. So my guys are all professional models. This is what they do for a living. So they want to continue doing anything that's going to promote them as a model. So they're going to want to come back each year, and they're going to want to converse with with all the attendees online on Facebook all the time. So it's going to be more fun for everybody to have these guys constantly being around than just you see them at the convention and then that's it. Yeah. I got all professional models. I agree, and and that's probably one reason why you get tired of doing all the smaller conventions. Mm-hmm. Is because you know here you are a professional, and it would be difficult, I think, for you to to say, you know, there's so many little things you could be doing differently, uh, and then it probably drive you crazy. <laughs> right. Well, it's also why I think a lot of a lot of the other ones are expensive, because they're having so many other people help them do things, which they get to pay other people to do these other... Like if I had somebody take care of all, all the, the, the male model contestants, I had somebody else take care of the the program booklet to make that, somebody else take care of the costume ball, someone else take care of... Everyone took care of something, they're all going to be paid, so the price is going to be higher. But so where it's all just me, that's why my price is half the price of most any other convention, any other five-day, four-day, three-day, even some two-days, because I'm not paying all these other people to do all these things. So I can keep the price down lower. Get get more people to come over to Vegas. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, you've got a lot of things going on, and what's what's up next after this for you? Do you know? Yeah, I do, but I can't I can't say it because I don't want someone else to try and do it before I do it. It's <laughs> 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 a lot of work to do, and I'm not going to really get on it hardcore and the convention because there's so much to do for the convention. I'm trying to fight myself to not do other things, telling people, yes, mm-hmm. I'll do this, yes, I'll do that. And i got to learn to say no, even to myself, about doing my own things and just uh-huh. wait till after the convention because I can't keep taking on things. So I'm going to wait for the convention and then really, really push on, on this other new RN, this other RNC project. So everyone's okay. going to love it. It's definitely, it's all for the Roman cell industry. So it's just a little more RNC projects. All good. Now, I would say that you probably sell enough covers because you've kept the prices you've kept the prices for the shoot low enough. Right. For especially in the industry that's been changing uh for self you know, doing self printing. 
You need to stop publishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that was a good that you know, that was a good mix for you? Because it's not just the big publishers that were needing you. It's now, you know, uh, the author themselves who's doing their own covers. Well, that's exactly. You have to really understand it. You got to go with what what other competitors are charging as well. Like I know photographers that they're used to shooting medium format film, and they used to before stock image came out and digital photography came out, they were selling their stock photography they would shoot for like two thousand dollars an image. Because back then, that's what they were being sold for, because you didn't have right. a choice. But as soon as it went digital, other photographers said, I'll sell it for 500 There was someone else said, I'll sell it for 100 Someone else said, I'll sell it for 25 and shoot the same thing. So you got to kind of go with what else is doing. Otherwise, they're going to go with somebody else. Even if your, your stuff is better quality, mm-hmm. they're still like, well, I can't afford that. You know, this is in real horrible quality in this other place, so I'll go ahead and get something from there. So instead, if I keep the price low, I can sell more of them. Mm-hmm. For example, when I have a sale, when I have a sale, and let's say I sell, for example, 5,000 images in like two days. Okay, and let's say they're half the price. Would I have sold 2,500 images in those two days that I have a sale? No. So how much more That's money right. I just made by having the price cheaper? Because more people were able to buy it. So getting everybody to be able to purchase it, and that's nothing to do. It's not about even making the money on it. It's to help out. That's why I was doing this, because I know what was needed for the industry. I know they needed these type of images, and I, I produce what they're needing for the expression and the emotion. So to put them out there, it's like I, I can't put them out there because they can't afford them. So it's like, what, what's the point of doing it? Put them out there at a price they can't afford, then everybody is able to use them. Definitely, definitely. And, and I was glad to be able to come upon that, too, because I'm able not only to use them for you know some of my own Shorter, yeah, shorter works. Uh, there's a lot more short stories now that are being done, and you still have to have a cover. Right. Uh, but you don't necessarily want to spend a whole lot of money on on a cover art just for you know a short story that you're going to be you know selling for 99 cents a piece. Well, well, the thing is, though, if it's a, if it's a good story and you market it enough, the 99 cents you can sell way more than 99 cents than you could at 10 dollars. So do you want to wait and, and wait a year to sell one for $10? Or do you want to sell thousands for $0.99? Cents? Well, people say, well, it's worth more than $0.99, cents, so I'm not going to sell it for that low. Well, how many are you going to sell at it for $20? You might get somebody yeah, after a year to buy it, but you can get thousands to buy it at $0.99 cents instead. And then, and then from that, you now get the word of mouth out because all those thousands that bought it are telling their friends about it, and, and they're writing about it to, on, on, on their blogs and stuff, and you've got reviews about it. But if no one's going to read it, then it's only you who's trying to market by telling people to go get it. They're like, whoa, that's too expensive. Well, when everyone else has now read it, even if you give it away for free for so long, people don't want to give the books away for free. They're like, no, it's my hard work. Give it free. It's the point of free is to get the word of mouth out there about it. And then you stop doing free after a while, and now the word is out, and everyone wants to read it, and now they're going to pay for it because they heard so much about it. Yes, that's exactly what this marketplace has gotten to. But, you know, I can sell more short stories, and, of course, it takes me less time to write them. Right. <laughs> a lot less Definitely. time to write them. And I turned around and I'm able to sell my books because they read my short story. Right. It was less investment for that short story. They got to know my style, and they turned around and bought all the books. So well, especially it's great, too. If you have a series, you have a series, yeah. and you, you know you're writing a series. Your, your first one, you should sell it for 99 cents. Because now they're going to be hooked and they're going to want to read the next one and the next one and those you sell for regular price. Mm-hmm. 
But now they're going to want to read it because now they're hooked on that story and they want to know what happens next. So it's like a first one for an Iron Man fan. Get it out there all over the place. Now they're going to want to see the next one. Read the next one. We have somebody who has said that uh, Tavia. <laughs> Tavia said she stopped in to support you. Hi, Tavia. How you doing? see who else here. Uh, we've got a lot of people coming in, and again, you guys can go ahead and call in. Oh, yeah, she said that. Yes, that's that's her. So she said hi. <laughs> um, you know, some people are shy. They they want to yep. get in the chat, and, you know, that's okay, everybody. If you want to, you know, write in what you want, and I'll definitely pass it on to Jimmy here. But, you know, it doesn't have to be all me. <laughs> you guys can Well, I know I'm all too... But once at the convention, when I had a meeting lines that I haven't met yet, they'll, they'll after they meet me, they'll be like, oh, my God, I thought it was going to be so hard to talk to. And now they'll be, afterwards, they'd have no problem jumping on the phone and calling in. Yes, and, and that's what everybody needs to know, that he, he's, he's very approachable. Mm-hmm. So uh, call 714-242-5145 right now. Because you guys are, are, are popping in here, and you uh, if you're coming oh, here for the oh. first time, yeah, just go ahead and uh, just sorry, guys, I'm not shy, just in spot where she's not able to call in. So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, sometimes you're, you know, if you're at work, there's no way that you can get on the phone and, and talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you've got a lot of people who are coming in. You guys can go ahead and call in and ask questions. Um or you can type it in here so I can ask for you because, uh, you know, I, I've only got a certain amount of, of things to talk to him about, so you guys need to help me out here. I've got another 15 minutes. Well, I want to know, too, uh, how, how busy I am all the time. Even when I get emails, people have questions. They're like, I know you're busy. I'm sorry to bother you. It's like I, I always get, in almost every single email, I get that as, as the first statement. So I'm like, you know, glad they know that I am, I am busy. But I'll still respond to them. But now's the time where I'm, I'm on the show, so my time is set aside right here to answer questions. So anyone has questions, it's like now is the perfect time for it because I'm not busy right now. I'm taking the time to answer any questions anybody has. Exactly. So, a very good point, ladies. Right. You need to one time this now. Uh, Allison Rush said, can't wait to come to R&C. Looking forward to meeting you. Yeah, likewise. I can't wait to, to have the convention. I'm all excited just for all the fun that, that's going to be there. It's going to be something you can't even imagine can't compare it to, uh, to other conventions. One of the groupings I really like about it is for other conventions where in hotels all the all the workshop stuff are all over the place. They're on different floors, you go down to different corners, and, and you can't figure out, even look at the map on the brochure, you don't even know where it is, or you get to walk so long to get somewhere. This convention hall is all in one convention hall that, that's in the wow. hotel. It's not like a separate building. It's in the hotel, but it's all that's there is the convention hall. And, and it's in a shape like a, almost like an L. So with, with, like, a hook on the end of it. So everything is, like, from one far end to the other far end, you can walk in a minute. So all the classes are, like, like a classroom. Like, you go into a school and you're walking through all the, all the lockers in the hallway and you got all, all the classes. It's it's like that. So it's all very close together. So everyone's going to be seeing everybody all the time. So it's almost like you're in one large, giant room that is separated by other rooms. <laughs> so then you're close by. You know, I've lost everywhere in the elevator that goes right to the convention hall is all it goes to the tower where everyone's staying. So it's very easy for everyone just to come down the elevator right down to the convention hall in that same elevator. They're not walking all across the hotel, across the casino, 
They come out of their room, walk the hall the elevator, down the elevator, they're right there at the convention hall. So everything's really made easy for them. And there's a Starbucks right there at the bottom, bottom of the stairs at the elevator, too. That, that they have two Starbucks in the hotel. We got two people. refreshments and food all throughout the whole convention hall anyway, so... It sounds like you've thought of uh, all these details, obviously, from the different conventions that you've been at. Mm-hmm. But, but it's also uh, like, what would I want? If I'm, if I'm going to be there, what would, how would I like it? What would I not want? What would I like? What I want to be more fun would be easier for everybody. Sure. So I'm doing it to that base, like what I would think would be best for me to enjoy it, for me to not be annoyed or bothered or frustrated. So alleviate all those things so then it's just fun and enjoyment. Kind of also like with the classes. It's not like I'm having anybody teach any class they want, whatever they feel they want to teach, because then it's like, okay, they may know that topic, but that really needs to be taught by somebody. Everybody needs to, learn, to know that. That's something important that everyone's going to go to. If it's not, then, then I'm not going to have that class, because then you're only going to have like a few people in it compared to the five or six other classes going on at the same time, where those rooms will be full, and your room will be empty. So it's not really a matter of, your topic isn't isn't good enough for RNC for the convention. It's a matter of I don't want you to have an empty class and feel bad that nobody's in your class. So if I if I don't approve your class, it's because of, of the other ones that would be at the same time people will be going to instead of yours. So I'm making right. sure all the classes are there's something that really needs to be taught that people like really they need this information. It's not just well I can teach this. I mean someone I can you know somebody might want to know this. No, it's going to be something where everybody's going to be like, wow, this class was so needed, or I love this information that was in here. So everything is, like, over the top. It's not just something to pass the time. Cool. That sounds like a, and again, you you know enough about the different conventions to make this thing really amazing. Uh, somebody said, Tavia, question is, Jimmy, the RNC convention sounds amazing. Have you already planned for next year? Uh, not really. It's hard for me to plan for next year because I'm, I'm most likely to have it at the same place, but I don't really know the pros and cons of it until I have it. Mm-hmm. So I really, I'm not going to already right away already plan for the hotel, which this could be a perfect place for it, where it's in Vegas, so much to do, and the convention hall could be really great, where it also just keeps the price low, too, with, a, with everything involved. So I really don't know of, like, to go research another venue that could be better until I've done this one first. So I think I need to do the same place for at least two years to know this one. Right. So we tell them, after we do it, I'll think, I mean, people be like, oh, my God, it was such a hassle at this hotel. They didn't allow this. They didn't allow that. It was really exactly. a problem. If that's the case, then i got to go somewhere else, but I don't think that's going to be the case at all. So then if it's really great, and because you're in Vegas, there's so much more you can do. You can go to Circuit Soleil, the Blue Man Group. You can do whatever other shows you want as well by staying there longer. That's why I also offer that you can stay additional nights before or after like up to two nights before and after for a really low price, like 50 bucks a night for the entire room, not per person. So it's like you might as well enjoy Vegas. You're not going to want, I'm telling you, you're not going to want to leave the convention when you're there. So don't think you're going to, you'll go out at night to go see Vegas or in the day. You're not going to want to leave. I mean, if all that entertainment that's out there because it's hot out there, that's all going to be my conventional. <laughs> I'm bringing Las Vegas to you because it's too hot to go out there and enjoy it. But if you want to stay another day or two before and after, go out because you've been to Vegas, you want to at least go and see the stuff and take pictures, then do that a day or two before and a day or two after. Because then it's only 50 bucks a night to stay at the hotel. 
So maybe you could hotels give me a, a rate uh, only up to two nights before and two nights after. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy's thought of everything, guys. You could, yeah. You're just going to get there and have fun. Yep, I'm yeah. bringing Vegas to you. You're really going to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, and then Jamala, and I hope I'm saying her name right, Jamala Bergman says, yep. honestly, can't wait to meet Jimmy again. He's an amazing guy and does so much for us authors. Oh, thank you. Likewise, Mel. See you guys all really soon. It's going to come really fast, which was kind of freaking me out when I, I saw somebody post that. I think it was uh, Christina from Hawaii. She posted uh, only nine more weeks. I'm like, as soon as I saw it in the week form, I was like, oh, my God, I'm just saying months. Now hearing it in the form of weeks, it's like right around the corner and I have so much still to do. I'm like, no, yeah. nine weeks. It's <laughs> so close. <laughs> But yeah, I was a lot better under pressure, so when I'm needing to rush and get stuff done, I, I mean, that would stress anybody out. And it stresses me out, too, but it's like you keep, that's what fires me up. That's what gets me excited and going and getting stuff done when it's mm-hmm. like I'm under pressure, I'm under the gun, i got to get this done now. And I end up getting so much more done. <laughs> Jamal said, no freaking out now. You can freak out later. <laughs> <laughs> I want to relax later. I want to enjoy and have fun. Yeah, you try to get everything done right before, and um, unfortunately, since you're in, you're one in charge, you mm-hmm. wind up having to put out some fires that you, you wouldn't usually expect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm also going to have at the convention, I'm gonna, I have plenty of volunteers that, that are going to be helping out, because I need a, a bunch of volunteers to also just make sure when all the classes start that people aren't still coming in and out, that everyone's already sitting down, and they're helping get, it, get them all straight in to make sure the classes go smoothly so they're boom, 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 they, they keep going to the next one. And if, like, the chairs are messed up or someone left trash on the floor or something, they just everything straightened up, so it's all neat. So I get plenty of, of, of volunteers who are wanting to help out. So even with the registration bag, the registration table, to help mm-hmm. out with, 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 with to get, make sure the, the, the cast and the suitors that they're in their rehearsal room to rehearse that their skits are going to be doing. So it's like a lot of stuff, and I already have a lot of old volunteers, so I know they're going to be helping me out a lot with it. That's so good. Yeah, you have to have that. There's just no way, yeah. no way that one person can do all this, especially when you get there. Yeah, I'm gonna have either it's gonna be like a RMC volunteer T-shirts or a sash or something else if they want to wear their own clothes. And I'll wear the T-shirt, so I don't know if I should do T-shirts. Or I could make it wear you know one or two days, or it could be some kind of sash or something. Something big enough to let people know that they're a volunteer, so if they have a question, they can ask them. Even if volunteer doesn't know it, then they, they at least can get a hold of me. <laughs> so at least something that people know that they're helping out RNC, so if they have a question, they can ask them. I need something, yeah. whether it's a T-shirt or some, something Sash, on them. To Sash, is, Sash is a new idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've recently been seeing some of them, and so that might be a good idea mm-hmm. to set them apart. Um, yeah, I, I have to wear the same shirt every day. They might not want to wear the same T-shirt every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> I have noticed that you've been doing more writing. Uh, I've read a couple of articles, at least one article on yours recently, on uh, the swag. You know, uh, what type of swag should should an author be using uh, based on what you've seen? Uh, what's mm-hmm. most effective and when to use it, when not to use it? Right. You want to talk about <laughs> the vertical banner, I just, when I go to conventions and I see those and they're they're beautifully done, I'm just like, wow, those things are so impressive because they're just big. It's like a billboard. You see a billboard on the street and it's like highly done. You wish you could have that. 
So when you see the banner, this is really impressive. And the way I would look at it, like, wow, that author can afford that banner. You know, they've they've made it. They're they've made it to the point where they can get that banner instead of just instead of just a little bookmark on the table. So I see that it's like to me, it's like I'm subconsciously I'm just thinking that author is doing really well, and they're not that expensive. And in the way I have it, where the one you get for me, you get to keep the banner it comes with the stand retractable in it. So and, it, and it's like three feet wide by like I don't know, like seven or eight feet tall. It's huge. So you get a little carrying case with it too. So I highly suggest you will get the banner because you can use it at every convention you go to now, any book signing you go to, any event, any bookstore. You now have. You pay for it once, and you have it forever. So yeah, I it's really a good idea. It's a lot cheaper, everyone, to do full color than it ever has been before. So take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, banners, for instance, full color banners. I mean, used to be hundreds, of thousands of dollars, depending on, on right. where you print it. Nowadays, you can get get one done, you know, less than forty dollars. So uh, you know, definitely. Well, well you have to be careful that too. Well, you have to be careful that too because you have a lot of them where with the banner on the vinyl. It, you have your wrinkle-free banner and one that wrinkle really easy with the edges curl up. Yeah. So, so yeah. And those are the cheaper ones. So the ones you pay a little bit more for the ones that won't curl. The whole edges up and down the sides will be a wrinkly. If you don't have have the quality, the, the thicker banners where it's, it's a little more expensive. So you're definitely better off getting the quality to then last year and you get what you pay for. You're better off oh, paying yeah. a little more okay. for the quality. Of it. That's why I've already done the research on so many of the different the banner companies out there, and I investigated, and I made phone calls, and I went back and forth all of them, got samples. I wanted to make sure what I'm getting is not not going to be, you know, crap. So I made sure it's <laughs> the ones I got, and, and it's it's at a great price, and you get to keep it. So it does make a difference, and and yes, don't spend money unnecessarily on on a bunch of crap. I, I yep. agree with you. Um, question is a non-convention question. How many print books are out that you are on the cover of? I have no idea because not everyone tells me when I'm on their cover. There's so many that you know, so many that have no idea who I am. So when they just have an image on their cover they got from the publisher or, mm-hmm. or the cover artist, they don't even know, so they don't tell me. But even a lot of the ones that do know me, they're still not. In the beginning, they would tell me, but now they realize, oh, Jimmy will just find it. He'll see it. So no one really – I mean, I get tagged. Nobody like – there's very few people that email me the cover and say, here's the new cover. There are very few do that anymore. They used to before, but now it's like, well, I tag him and he'll see it. Or he's online, he'll he'll see it all the time. Or he's on enough now, he doesn't need to count anymore. He's on he's on plenty. So I have no, for the print, I have no idea. I mean, it, it could be thousands, it could be hundreds. I mean, I have absolutely no idea. It depends on how many authors are, are doing print. With books, yeah. Which I highly suggest they all do print. I mean, especially if it's print on demand, Everybody should do it. A, you get so many that say, well, I'm only making a couple cents on each one. So <laughs> isn't a couple cents something that's still money? Yeah. It's not costing you anything. But if you don't do that, you have so many people that don't have a Nook or a Kindle or an e-reader. They want a book in their hand. They're on yeah. the airplane. they got a book. They're sitting in a chair. They're sitting at the pool. They want a book. So you're now losing all of those readers because you don't want to make 10 cents off a book. You're not losing money. It's not like they're... They're going to buy if, your print book instead of the digital. They're just now not going to buy your print book at all because you don't give it to them. So make that available for for everybody so they can your print book readers can buy them too. Yeah, you know, honestly, people, you if you're if you're only making ten cents on it, are we talking that you have a publisher? Because if you do your own printing, it's it's a lot less than you think it is. 
and you know get yourself ten you know keep keep it in shock for ten and and then you've got them for revenge, but yeah, I totally agree with you, and hallelujah for your saying Joe. Um, I've been, I've been, you know, preaching this for a long time. If you don't, if you're not prepared, then be prepared not, not to succeed. Uh, exactly. You need to be prepared with books in your hand, and otherwise, you're losing your sales. It's so much more impressive. If you're at a book signing and you just have, have some prints of a five by seven of your cover compared to having a book, what would you rather have? You're, you're now saying, yeah, you have the book. Well, then get the book, then get some printed. But also, even if you're not, even if you're just doing the print on demand to let somebody order it, to let mm-hmm. somebody, you know, get it off of a website, make the print one available for them if you're self-publishing. Definitely. And, and uh, I suggest that to anybody. Even if you're uh, running through, uh, you know, different publisher or small publisher, usually that you do prints and, yeah, you're not going to make as much, but, you know, honestly, you still should have them because it's your it's your business, and a lot of authors don't consider that this is their business. Yeah. Uh, we've got one more word of mouth out there too, because then your your print readers are reading it, and they're telling their friends who have a book or a Kindle, and now they yeah. go, oh great, now I'll, I'll I'll get it for my Kindle. So it's just more word of mouth, and that word of mouth is is what's going to help you. That's like like the biggest advertising you can do is the word of mouth. Every little bit helps. We do have somebody on the phone for you. Oh, great. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Jimmy. This is Leanne. <laughs> how you doing, Leanne? Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Oh, I'm just wondering, um, with all the models um, you've worked with, has there ever been one or a few that just irked your nerves as soon as you met her? Um, you know, you thought it would be a good match, but once you're, <laughs> but once you're in the shoot, uh, you two just weren't <laughs> vibing with each other. <laughs> um. Not not kind of like that, but a little bit, because I usually first, I converse a lot with the models beforehand, because I need to see what their personality is like. It's not like I just, I just you know, book it through an agency, and they send me a model, and, and I, I deal with whatever I have. I'm conversing a lot with them to make sure they have a good personality, because I'm not, I'm not really shooting with their looks. I'm shooting with their personality, because what we're doing mm-hmm. is together. It's not just them by themselves posing for the photographer. It's us being together with our chemistry. So obviously, if we don't get along, there's not going to be real chemistry there. So I, I first, you know, kind of pre-rate uh, them on on how they would be by our conversation and how they respond. If their attitude, if they're short responses, they're not really interested by just you know barely responding. But then, so I won't book them. So the ones that I do are the ones that okay, I'm getting along great with. But then come shoot time, there are have been some where it's kind of a little more of a front they were putting on, and then all of a sudden the realness comes out. During the shoot, right? The attitude. It could also be that maybe they're tired, or they had a bad day, or something happened. But it's only huh. been a, a couple that have just been like that. And otherwise, one other one that got some girl got really drunk because she, she was nervous. She wanted to have a few drinks, and she just kept in the bathroom, just kept drinking, kept drinking, and she was just oh. washed all over the place. And so we had to end the shoot. <laughs> otherwise, no, I haven't really had any any bad bad shoots because because I do. Um, talk to them beforehand a lot to make sure and only book them if we get on. Otherwise, there's plenty of them that I still keep talking. I've been talking to them for years. It just hasn't been that point where in the conversation it's been like, okay, this sounds really good. Let me set it up. So I'm like waiting for that. Okay, she sounds really cool. You know, she's definitely you know really interested. She's a great personality. Mm-hmm. So I get plenty of evidence for years where just still every like few months a message goes back and forth or even like every year 
who's haven't shot yet. But there's other ones who are like I meet right away, and it's like right off the bat, they have a great personality, and we'll shoot a week later. That's good. That's good. What is the longest shoot you've ever? Oh, I know. What is the longest shoot you've ever been on? Fourteen hours. Wow. Oh, was that straight? (laughs) Yeah, straight. Fourteen hours straight. We shot a couple. Couple of. We probably shot about a half dozen shoots that are like ten to fourteen hours. Because while we're shooting, it's not like a job. Like if models are shooting by themselves with a photographer doing a portfolio shoot or something. Then it's like, so then they feel like it's more work because they're just standing around waiting, start changing something, and they're on their phone or whatever, and then they go back and shoot again. So it's because it's boring, it's it time goes by slower. So when shooting, right. though, we're like, it's like we all know each other. We're all talking and laughing, and all of a sudden it's like five hours gone by, and you really thought it's been an hour and a half. So it's still more like you're hanging out with, with a couple friends of yours and and chatting and laughing and and also being intimate. So it's it's more relaxed and the time flies by. So it's easy to have it go to like 12 hours and I didn't realize it. Wow. Well, those are the good ones. <laughs> yep. I get a lot more images of the zoo. Well, we've got okay. that. Well, we got thank you, Jimmy, for answering me. No problem. Thanks for uh, calling in. All right. Thank, thank you. Have a good evening. Thank, thank you. you too. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. We got another caller. There. Yeah, these women are taking some time to get get warmed up, but here we are. Warmed up. Eight two five six. Are you there? Hello. 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 Hey Jimmy, it's Anya Kelly. How are you? Good. How are you? Just fine. I'm one of the one to aggravate you a lot. <laughs> you don't aggravate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a question for you, and it has nothing to do really with the convention or anything. I just want to know, how did you meet up with Bruce, your photographer? Oh, that's a good question. I have, I was booked on a, a Doritos uh, Super Bowl commercial uh, shoot. And yes, I remember that. <laughs> yep. The uh, the producer of it, he was, he was shooting in the producer of it, he, well, he gave me the script of what we're doing, and I'm looking at it, and it's like real cool. But like I said, like I said before, I come up with ideas of like what I think would make it better. So I thought oh, it was really good, but then I, I offered a few suggestions, you know, saying it nicely to not step on his toes, and 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 he loved all my ideas. So we ended up doing my ideas instead. He loved it, and because I kept having ideas like that, and I was just talking to him like I already knew him and like that. But near the end of the shoot, he said, you know what, I got a friend of mine. Who, who I didn't think he would really get along with. And I don't know why he thought that, but then and that was Bruce. So so he gave me Bruce's information. And at the time, I wasn't I wasn't uh, like looking for a photographer, but that's when I was just starting off doing my, my, my stock website where where I was still working on my images of, I already had and putting up on the site, and I wasn't really set or ready to start shooting my own stuff yet. Because I didn't know I had to find a photographer, so I wasn't ready for that yet. But now that I met Bruce, now I'm like, you know what? When I talked to Bruce, I was like, you know what? I wonder if he'll do the, do my shoots for me. Of course, I don't have all this money to pay a photographer every single shoot. That's a lot of money. So it was for residuals of the image sales only. So it's like you're working on deferred payment. It's like, who's going to do that? You know, you can't find somebody to do that. It's like so hard. That's why I wasn't looking for photography. I'm figuring out, is that even possible? So then I, I contacted him, or he contacted me. It was one or the other. But I think uh, I gave him my information, too. We had contacted him. We started talking, and I told him about what I was planning on doing and asked him if he was interested. He said, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. Let's do it. <laughs> it sounds so great. <laughs> so 
and we started shooting, and he's all for like whenever I need him, he's there. He's at any time I need him, unless he's booked on something, he's like, yep, let's do it. So he was just now in the, in the Philippines for six months uh, filming a movie, and he just oh, he just flew back. See, look at this. He just flew back on on Friday, but he was stuck in Hawaii, and then he had right. uh, he had a oh, he, he was arriving back here in, on Friday and he had a shoot on Sunday that, that he had to do all day. And I told him that I have these two custom shoots I need done. I've been waiting for him to get back here, and his trip has been postponed getting back here. So I have to keep putting off the, the clients because he's not back yet. So even though he was he was on, like, a ridiculously long layover, had to stay at a hotel a bunch of nights, and now has to, right when he gets back in, he has to do a shoot all day from morning to night. And, and he would say, well, well, we can shoot a Sunday. So that Sunday morning, it's like the next day morning after him, all this stuff he's going to do, he still like all for it. So I'm like, well, you know, i got to rest and i got to do this. Maybe next week sometime. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And he just called me yesterday, and he's like, Jim, what are we going to shoot? What do you have for me? So he's always, like, ready. Right. Well, Bruce is really awesome because I've chatted with him on Facebook a lot, too. So I just kind of wondered how you all actually met. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. I mean, we, we, we click really good, too. He knows exactly what I need for the shoots, and we know how each of us works and what each of us knows that we need, so it's like we have, like, code words for things, and it's so easy to to make the shoots happen quicker now. So it works great. That's, that's a good question. So it's a good, okay. It sounds like a terrific, terrific relationship there. Yep, it is. So he'll be at the convention, too, because he'll be shooting all the all the casting over there and authors and whatnot. I'm going to have another video crew um, shooting there as well, but Bruce is going to be there doing his thing as well as uh, in some of my classes teaching as well. Wow, that's, that's, that's good to know. All right, well, thank you, Jimmy, and I'm looking forward to look, uh, actually meeting you. Likewise. <laughs> thank you. Okay, thanks. All right, later. We got one question here from Jane White Pulaski. I'm sure I, I'm hoping to yeah. hey, Jane. She says, hello, Jimmy, question. What cover would, would uh, you love to do I'd love to ask to do what genre that you haven't yet done. Probably a steampunk if they provided the wardrobe because I can't find it anywhere. It's so hard to get quality steampunk unless I'm paying like $1,000 for an outfit. So I'd like to do with some really cool steampunk outfit. Ah. And, you know, the girl, too, with her wearing, because I, I like the covers where it's really high-end, where they have the full expensive wardrobe on of that. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind doing that cause I haven't done that yet. That'd be really cool to do. Oh, well, I, I can probably get you some people set up there. <laughs> those, those, those are my people. <laughs> steampunk is steampunk is an up and is is a very hot uh, area right now, uh, not only in books but also in uh, comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the comic books and and the conventions are are becoming more prevalent. So um, where books are being done, uh, more authors are writing in that. I'm writing in that now. So, yeah. Uh, but you know, steampunk is pretty close to western, so you can you can get some of your uh, some of your clothes in that in that arena. Your your long jackets, your long coats, right. um, and then you know just put your gadgets with it, which is gadgets is what you're looking for. Um, your goggles and and uh, and your your steampunk. Uh, uh, toys, so to speak. So, yeah, I got a lot of people who deal on that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. 
It's, it's a yeah, fun I area. Like the whole ensemble where, where it's like you see a lot of belt straps and a lot of uh, mm-hmm. kind of like metal and leather shoulder pieces, and which I didn't notice on, on the, the TV series Defiance. It's like, I don't know if everyone else is watching, I'm sure some have, it, the, like the head, kind of not the bad guy, but the one he just, he just died. This last episode, he had, everything he had on was completely steampunk. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's different for, it's not identified as steampunk, but what he had on looked completely steampunk. So it's like seeing the different pieces of that, it's like coming out on different shows as well. Mm-hmm. Without identifying it as like this is steampunk, but they're showing it, bringing it out into, the, yes. into today's television. Yes, they are. They are, and and that's and that's why it's it's become more prevalent because it's it's actually moving into more mainstream. Um, and and I I love the guys who because they they come up with some really cool pieces to go with it. Um, uh, you know, time travel machines strapped okay. to their backs. So I just love it. <laughs> right. Uh, Jane cool. says, "Excellent. I look forward to seeing you, Jimmy, in the near future in steampunk. Well, he'll rock it." Everything else he's, he's done to date, and see you in Vegas. Thanks, Jane. Definitely looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, this is it's curious that you're you're bringing out steampunk, and uh, is there any other time periods that you would like to get more covers of, or that you notice are kind of waning? Mm. Not as much interest. Next, I've done. I've done. I think a little of almost everything, and, and I like it's not like a particular one that I love doing this one more than the other. Mm-hmm. So it's really a. You know, yeah, have you noticed? Day. Have you noticed any sales going up or down in in any um, particular time period pieces that or you know pictures that you've done? Uh, I haven't been able to. I haven't had time to look at a at those stats to see which one, and once I have more time, I want to go over that to see which one, obviously, to shoot more. But, but it, it typically ends up being, anyways, it's really the the sensual images where mm-hmm. where it's more like implied topless, because then it can be any error. But that's not identifying any wardrobe. So it's more of, you're not know, seeing the whole thing, it's typically cropped anyways to our facial expressions, but even if it's showing like the shoulder, or even if it's showing like a piece of her shirt, which is like a baggy blouse, that could be any error at all. So it's like images like that that, that are more sensual than, than the romantic or the neurotica, those end up selling more because you can put that on any cover, any cover. It doesn't matter what it is, the sensual, it's for a young adult. But a picture like that that's cropped in to our expressions and just like our you know shoulders or, or, or bust level can be used for anything. So it's like limited if you're obviously wearing a renaissance or a regency that's limited to just that. If you're wearing contemporary clothes and showing all, you're limited to just contemporary. So the images that, that do sell better are the ones where they're sensual and more implied, or a top for the girl that that is kind of like can be looked at as any genre. But then mm-hmm. it ends up being the genre once you put the cover art in it. Or if I'm wearing a particular shirt right. and that blouse that 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 could have been just like a gypsy Spanish blouse, it's now a Renaissance blouse. So it can be from anything. It can be even a contemporary now. So really, is, what's the best of the sensual images without it being a, a specific genre? Have you ever seen a, 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 one of your shots used in an interesting way that you didn't never considered? Mm-hmm. I, I've seen you. Well, some way where they've, they've taken me and, and mirrored me or used another one of my images to be my twin, Sotha Minaj. <laughs> I've seen a couple of those where they've, where they've it's, like, it's like two of me and they put it together and it looks like it was like a real, the way they put it together, the three of us together, like 
you know, tw- twined up in each other. It looks like that was the actual <laughs> shot taken. I'm like, how did they do that? So I've had a couple of those. It looked really cool. It showed me what it looked like if I had a twin and we had a menage. <laughs> That's a little disturbing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> a little weird. So anybody else have any questions out there? So we, we've uh, exhausted our list to the moment. I got a new uh, some done. new marketing for the convention that's coming out shortly in a couple of days. That's going to be uh, everyone's going to want to spread it all over the web. As soon as I, I post it, everyone's going to be wanting to spread it. It's so cool. It's like no one's done it before. Oh. That's going to be a surprise thing that I'm, I'm putting out. Well, so so ladies, he's teasing us now. Yep. Yeah. Can't tell you yet. Can't it's tell like us. another day or two. <laughs> so it'll be on Facebook though, to see, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll put it on Facebook and everyone will see it. Also, I'll send a when once that's done, I'll send out my email blast too to everybody because not everybody's on on Facebook or on my Facebook. I mean, my subscriber list that that is on stock website is you know thousands and thousands compared to who comes on Facebook. Even comes on Facebook regularly, or even comes on the mind. So, I'll first put it on Facebook for all my my regulars and my you know, dedicated fans. One, I'll give it to them first, so they get to see it and enjoy. And then I'll send it out in a mass email to everybody. <laughs> uh, Jamal said that you're very good at that. I think she's, yeah. she's referring to yeah, she's referring to your teasing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we got <laughs> we got a caller. Okay. It's five three six three. Are you there? Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi, this is Phyllis. I Hi, do Phyllis. have a question. Good. Okay. I wanted to know when you knew that you could build your empire by doing the covers for uh, romance novels. I actually never never knew. I just it kind of just started and it picked up and it kind of fed me the energy that I was getting from everybody in the in the compliments and the graduate. It just fed me to keep going and keep going and build it more. And I've always been someone who keeps going until it's it's the best it can be, and not just stopping halfway or stopping after just starting it, but to keep it going until it's it's great. So I just it, once it just started going, it was just snowballing and kept going. And I, I guess I never really saw it as there was a point where it's like this is now big. It's like for me, it's constantly going and constantly going. I keep adding on another RNC project onto an RNC business onto it. It's like that's never ending. I can have never ending. I, mean, I literally bought probably a hundred RNC domain names for different things that that I, I I may end up doing, but I bought them just in case. I want to do them or not, but nobody else can take them. <laughs> so there are so many more RNC companies that I can start up that could be other projects. So it's constantly for me, it's non going. It's not like a, I've now reached my peak of my RNC business and I'll just keep everything going from this. It's always going to go more and more and more and bigger and bigger. So when did you reach your aha moment in the business? I don't know if I have yet. I don't know. <laughs> I probably haven't yet. I think maybe the convention, because it's so much work. The convention is its just crazy amount of work, and then just once I see it, once I'm there, and it's like, wow, this is really happening. Because when you go to a convention, I mean, I've gone to a convention, not even Roman novel ones, but other ones that I've worked at, 
you know, other other trade shows that I've worked at as a model, and they're huge. And so I couldn't even imagine putting on one of these things. There's so much involved. So I think after all the work of doing it and then actually seeing it actually come to life and everyone mm-hmm. just enjoying how much fun it's going to be, I think probably that'll be my aha moment. Ah. So um, when you were looking at the different things that you're about to do as far as coming up with cover ideas, do you get those from the book's authors? I know you don't have a chance to sit and read all of the books since you're on so many covers, or do they just kind of tell you a little bit of what they're looking for and then you use your creative mind to come up with what you think is going to convince someone that this is the book just based on the cover? For the, for the custom shoots, you mean? Because, because regularly I, I shoot, when I, when I do my shoots, it's just I just set up a shoot whenever I want, and I just shoot whatever I want with whatever look of a girl I want, and then I upload it on the website. For for anybody who wants that particular look, you know, I shoot like eight or ten different sets, different wardrobes, different themes, and then whoever needs that particular one, they buy it. It's not like an author is contacting me in every single shoot I do is because an author needed an image. But I do custom shoots where then an author will want one exclusive for her book only, and, and then they'll describe to me what they want for, for their book. So I set up a custom shoot. And that is, you know, precisely what they want. They'll describe to me the, what the girl looks like, her hair color, her hair length, um, her age, her, her her physique, and then I'll, I'll find a, I'll get a bunch of girls from modeling sites, and I'll, you know, and I'll send, I'll send the client about 20 different girls with that look for them to pick the one they want that they feel looks most like their character, and I book that girl, and then I shoot what was described to me based off of their cover, and sometimes they don't. They don't know what they want. They'll just tell me what the genre is and just leave it up to me to, to have something nice because they don't need a particular exact pose or something, which a lot of authors already see and envision something they want for the pose on the cover. So I'll give them that pose plus a uh, bunch of versions, like variety of something similar to that pose, but not exactly, just in case they like another one better or if they want other images from that set as well for maybe a sequel or for their bookmarks or for a book trailer or for the website, just without the exact same image on everything, so we can, you know, use the same set for the same people, the same models. So for that, I, I shoot what they're describing to me. But then I also shoot other stuff with that model. I'm only going to shoot with a model for a custom shoot that I can get more stuff with. That's the only way for me to keep it cheap for for authors for the exclusive ones is for me to be able to have a model that I can still shoot other stuff with. Like if they're going to say, you know, I need a really unattractive model for this particular book, then it's like I'm not going to be able to use this model for anything else. So, so I can't charge. I've got to charge a lot more to do that because otherwise it's the entire day of myself, the model, the photographer, bringing all the equipment, setting it all up, you know, doing all the shoot, all the conversations back and forth, you know, getting the model. There's so much work of pre and post, which I would have spent a lot more money. But if I can get a lot more images out of it by doing my regular RNC shoot as well, once I, I do that one image set that they need, then I can do it for, for a low price because I'm still getting a lot of my stuff. But right now, I don't shoot any more of my – I haven't been looking so busy. I haven't done any more of my regular RNC shoots. But I still have, like, over 100,000 images, easy 100,000 to go through. Wow. A couple hundred thousand to still from, – from past shoots. I have so many sets of every single genre there is to still look, go through and pick the best ones, clean them, crop them, edit them, and upload them. I just haven't had the time. That's why I'm not setting up any – new random shoes, RNC shoes, because I still have plenty to go through. I don't need any new stuff yet. So right now I'm only doing custom shoes 
where, where at that time I'm then getting some other new stuff as well anyways. And right now I, get, I have eight more custom shoots I get to do in the next month. So I have a lot of custom shoots to still do at the same time doing the convention. Plus with the convention right now, and I can't do all these random shoots. I don't have time for it. Hmm. How much time do you usually put into a shoot? I guess it would depend on the genre you're shooting for. Um, no, no, they're kind of all the same unless it's really particular on, on, the, on the wardrobe. But otherwise, it's, it's kind of hard to say the time, but really the most time is put into trying to get the model. Because these models are just not responding. They're not... It's not like if I was getting going, I was going to Ford or Lee and get professional models, I'm paying a couple thousand dollars for a model. So that's not going to happen. So I have to just go to the online websites where these girls are just not as high-end professional on these sites. You get a bunch of them that are, but the majority of them are just girls who would be cool if I could be a model. They get their photos taken, put up some pictures, and then when someone you know contacts them to, to have them you know do a shoot, they don't respond back. Or they do weeks later or say, sure, I'm interested, and that's it. It's like it's so yeah. hard. And then I'm writing back and forth, back and forth, trying to get them to respond, and I get them to leave a number or an email address, some other way to contact them. So that's the hardest part. That takes up the most time is getting these girls to respond or just so I can even send them to, to the author to decide which one they want. But I tell them, don't pick one because I'm telling you right now, that one is not going to respond or not going to be available. So give me like right. your top your top ten or something. And I'll go down the list and try each one until one of them finally responds until I can get one of them. And then, then I set up. So that takes the longest time. The actual rest of setting up a shoot is, is kind of, for me, it's always been like on the whim. Like I don't know what pose we're going to shoot first. I don't set for the custom one. When it comes to my, to my random RNC shoots, it's all, it's all when I see their wardrobe. When the girl comes and she, she shows me what she has for wardrobe, besides like whatever I have for historical, for contemporary stuff, I go through a suitcase, I pull this up, pull that out, and then right from there I just get a vision of which room we're going to be in, what pose we'll do. I don't know ahead of time. I don't look at covers and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this with this girl, this exact one, and then I have a whole shoot list or going down the list on. It's, no, it's, I just, it comes, comes to me as soon as I see their, their clothes. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's just a work of other people. Yep. <laughs> That's a really frustrating <laughs> well, part of what I do. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on and asking great, great questions. Yes, no problem. I'll see you tomorrow in the lounge, Jimmy. <laughs> Me? Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you'll be in the lounge. I'll chat yep. with you then. You then. Good Bye. night. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was a good call because uh, she had some really good questions. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's hard to find people who, uh, yeah, and then you think, well, they wanted your work, but you know, the thing is that um, they're just not as professional, and they haven't learned that yet. <laughs> well, things also you got a lot of those sites too. They get contacted by so many photographers that are just they're just they're called GWCs, guy with a camera. And that's all it is. It's just a guy who's taking photos and trying to get girls naked to shoot them naked, and so they're every girl that has a profile. I don't do nudes. They contact me and say, "Hey, you want to shoot some nudes?" So these girls get so many contacts. They're like they kind of don't take anybody seriously on these sites. It's yeah. like really, you really get to look at someone's profile. If I'm contacting you, you look at my profile and you, and you see the level I'm at. You don't just assume I'm one of them that have like crap pictures of some girls in a hotel naked on a bed looking ridiculous. So it's like right. you need, need to judge by just looking at who's contacting you. I'm just assuming everyone's the same thing. Yeah, so speaking of you're talking about you know, three people on a picture, 
I don't think I've ever seen any uh, shoots that you've done with three people, with oh, you and two oh, women. Oh, oh, two women. I've, yeah, there's like one or two out there. But the uh, problem is I've booked, I, when I've, I've set up a shoot for that, I've had a couple of them. And in both cases, the problem with it is girls in general, which is I, I've already found, they're between being very catty and jealous, especially on, on models, like that, it's like if any one of them is getting a tad more attention, then all of a sudden it's like the cold shoulder and, you know, it's like the attitude. It's like, okay, my job is to look at her this way and caress her this way, and then I turn in to you, the same thing. But if they don't know each other, if they're not like best friends or something, right. then it's very, it's the very jealous feel for for them, where it's like, you know, I mean, girls like that. They're very catty compared to guys being like that. You see it all the time on on, on uh, reality shows. The girls <laughs> just like making faces at the girl and snarling. And rah, rah. So it's yeah. like that on a shoot, too. So unless the girls know each other, it's, it's very hard to get them to both stay in a really nice, positive meter. <laughs> uh, a couple of the ladies, uh, I agree with them. Uh, it's not just a model thing. <laughs> It's a woman thing, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and a couple other agreed that yeah, it's just definitely true. Uh, yeah, it's it is a woman thing. Uh, yeah, I was talking about that recently. Somebody was talking about um, you know change a shift in in roles uh, with with couples, and how you know. Monogamy is uh, is on its way out. Uh, I don't think so because women still are very territorial. Yeah, I mean, you, may have, you may have a lot more that are now open and expressing right. that that they're fine with you know having you know three, but that's kind of I think the same the same with homosexuals. It's just more. I think they were out there. It's not like all of a sudden now there's way more. I think they were always there. They just they weren't. It wasn't as welcomed in the community to express it. So now they're able to express it. So now it's more welcome in the community, accepted. So now just more are announcing it that they weren't before. Right. Yeah. It's, it is more again more mainstream now, uh, and we can discuss those things. And, and obviously, you know, to each his own type of thing. They right. Uh, they can you know whatever they're into, which is fine. But you know, I still think that that that's definitely not on its, on its way out. We we like. We like having our one man, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> I don't think that's going to go away. Uh, yeah. Men, now men on the other hand, you know, they don't mind having multiple women. Oh, of course. Uh, as long as the <laughs> yeah. women are okay with it. <laughs> as long as it works for the women, I'm sure they would but, get into that every day. Well, I don't know how, because I've never done this. I don't know how the guys would be where it's one woman and, and, and the two guys, where then the guys get to share the other girl. And I don't know if they're catty or are pissed off or something the same way as the way two girls are with one guy. I have no idea if guys are like that too because I've never been in a situation. Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, I've seen where you know most of the three, you know, where you have multiple partners and what actually works is usually one woman and two guys. Mm. Um, Yeah, I I guess she, you know. she can spread herself around a little more, <laughs> a little easier. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it's not as where the guys are are jealous or upset because it's kind of similar where 
any kind of like contest. And I've known this for going, seeing so many contests, being in some. When, when it comes to female contests, they are just whatever they can do to get the other girl to like lose, to break her heels or rip her clothes or whatever. It's just so competitive. Wow. Guys in contests, they're like, hey, well, let's party. It's that fun. And, oh, the contest tonight we could be in. It's like no big deal. It, it, it's not a jealousy issue. Like I mean, it's not as as competitive. So I think also with guys with with girls, it's more like, hey, this is cool. We got this girl. Where girls with a guy, it's more of, no, he's mine. No, he's mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the ladies on the line are saying saying that they think guys are less, but territorial sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you get you get your your jealous men, just like jealous women. Yeah, the personality. Yep. Yeah. So I still think that we're still into monogamy, and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Um, yeah, the majority definitely. Yeah. So, anything else you want to talk about now that we've gotten to you know, sexual preferences there? <laughs> convention, convention, convention. <laughs> yeah, convention, convention. So, tell us exactly when we should be there. Uh, you know, we should get there early. In order well, to we'll check in. It. Okay, Wednesday is it's check in is three o'clock. I mean, you can have early check in as long as there's a room available. So if you can come early, if you're flying, you know, you arrive in earlier. Don't think that that, that you suck because you can still they'll still hold your bags. You haven't checked in yet. They'll still hold all your bags for you, and you can still, you know, walk around the whole casino hotel and enjoy stuff in the pool and whatnot. So it's not even a matter of you have to get there after check-in or something. Because you also don't want to get there too late because cause my, my kickoff party is going to be huge. That's where I have a lot of entertainment coming in. It's for the kickoff party Wednesday night, which I've already noticed, too, from, from people who are coming in, the, in the, you know, for which nights, how many nights they're staying and extra nights. I think it's only so far been like two or three people that are coming in Thursday. It's like everybody is still coming in Wednesday to to be there for the whole convention. Almost everyone? Everybody. So everyone? Great. We're running out of time. We're in the last minute, so tell us what the website name is. RomanceNovelConvention.com. Pretty easy. I was surprised awesome. that that was, that was available. I was shocked when I got that domain name. Like, how is this available? There's so many Romance Novel Conventions out there. How is RomanceNovelConvention.com available? <laughs> Thanks so much for ever, for coming on. And, and everyone, uh, you know, I, you guys can get back on, you know, uh, take a look at what he's doing on Facebook. And definitely look for uh, his information on his convention and, you know, see you all there. So thanks so much for everybody coming in and and listening. Uh, We're on the last few seconds. So, Jimmy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, (laughs) for for coming on and listening. See you all at the convention. Yeah. Definitely. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.